You're listening to Inside the Boardroom, powered by Onboard. I'm your host, Adam Wire. Today, we chat with Lynn McDonald, president of the Accountability Group and author of The Art of Asking Questions as a Director, a chapter in the Handbook for Board Governance. Lynn will discuss the art of asking the right questions at the right time in the boardroom. Welcome to another edition of Inside uh, the Boardroom podcast presented by Onboard. I am your host, Josh Palmer. I'm the head of content on board. I'm uh, very happy to have you here. Uh, Today, we have the great honor of uh, hosting Lynn McDonald. She is the president of the Accountability Group, which was founded in 2008. She's a course leader at York University in Toronto. Uh, And most notably in my book, she's the author of The Art of Asking Questions as a Director, in the current second edition and the upcoming third edition of the Handbook of Board Governance. She's also a fellow certified management consultant and a charter director, and she served in a number of roles in provincial and national nonprofit orgs, uh, including board member, committee chair, president, executive director, COO, and CEO, including organizations uh, such as the Institute of Certified Management Consultants of Ontario. Uh, She served as a committee member for the Charter of Professional Accountants of Canada, and on the board at the Scarborough Hospital in Toronto. Lynn McDonald, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm really pleased to be here and on this topic, which is one of my favorites. That's great. And also one of my favorites. As soon as I found your chapter in the second edition of the Handbook of Board Governance, I was very ecstatic to reach out to you and ask you the question of, what would you like to join us on our podcast? Um, so Lynn, for the audience, and, and this is probably more of a soft skill for a lot of board directors or board members or committee chairs, if you will. Um, why is it so important? Uh, why, why do questions matter in the boardroom? What is the, the overall goal of asking questions? Mm, I love that question because it's so fundamental, isn't it? Um, why ask questions and what is the role of questions in the boardroom? Um, so the, the role of questions is really relative to the board responsibilities, right? Like you're asking questions that really get at board responsibilities. And what good questions do is they um, not only uncover information and, and follow the logic and make sure that things are well thought out, they also deepen the conversation. So, you know, in boards, there can be um, kind of a surface conversation. And then it's questions that really take the board into the true meaning of what's happening. And so they are, they are important for a number of reasons. One is, one is that discovery of, you know, what are we dealing with here? What's on the table? You know, what are the dimensions of this? What are we considering? What, you know, what are the risks? What are the opportunities? All the usual things. Um, But it also is, um, is improving the thinking and, and testing the thinking and making sure that um, things are optimized, like sometimes in a, questions can reveal opportunities as well, or, or edges of learning that the organization might be very attuned to if they um, had it in advance. Mm-hmm. So almost a, a crucible of sorts for, for the data or information that might be presented in the, in the board meeting. I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, you notice a, a strange phenomenon or a, a number that seems off in the financial report. That question can help you, uh, so to speak, double click into why that is or to, to reveal a deeper understanding of why this metric or performance goal might be off. Um, are there any other kind of um, events or triggers for, for questions in your experience? Mm, huge, actually. Like, <laughs> so 
what I what I love about um, good directors is that when they come into the room, first they're prepared, right? Because there's you know they have to have read the material. That's really that's really job one. So they're prepared, but they're also they're also listening. They're listening for the through line of what's being what's being suggested or what's being proposed. They're looking for um, they're looking for whether different dimensions have been thought about, like whether there is the, um, the, the robust thinking about it. So there's kind of like, are the stakeholders, you know, do we have clear plans? Is there capacity? You know, have we thought about risk? You know, how will this be measured? What does success look like? You know, what do we, what are our expectations? What's the, what's the scale of this? There's so many, there's so many things that, you know, as you're listening, you're, you're trying to just ensure that things are well thought out. It's almost like if you thought about uh, any initiative, it's like what has to go right. So when you're listening, you're thinking about sort of the overall arc of what, you know, the, whatever it is. And you're thinking about what has to go right here. And have I heard things that will kind of give me confidence that different things have been taken, um, taken into account? And one of the things that really good directors do is um, they kind of quiet their mind they don't think about, you know, the first question they're going to ask. They instead are listening in a, in a almost meditative state, just to, you know, hear what's being said. And, you know, they don't get distracted by other directors. They're just listening for like, you know, what is this we're dealing with? What is that through line? You know, is it complete? Is there fuzzy language? That's a trigger. Is there fuzzy language? Is there some jumping over something? Is there some generalizations that seem a little unfounded or, and you want to have more information about it. So this is the role of a board. Like in some cases, I think people are afraid to ask questions, but in fact, this is actually doing the work of the board, right? Is to have that, have that um, listening and, and kind of that uh, second opinion. And then in some cases, of course, making a decision and voting. Yeah. And it, as you mentioned, the, the role of the board, deliberative, strategic thinking, uh, anal, anal analysis. Is there a particular uh, part of a committee report or the, the board book that you find um, generates the most questions or, or generates the most kind of double clicking into the topics in your experience? Well, I hope that um, what is generates the most questions is what has been set aside for the most discussion because it's the most significant in the board agenda. So when you received your materials in par as part of the preparation that you're doing, I recommend that you kind of do a flyover, you know, so that you, you receive the whole, whatever it is. And sometimes it's 300, 500 pages. It can be quite lengthy for boards. So it's, you know, you want to start early and you kind of go through and you see where is the time going to be spent in the, what are the key decisions here? You're going to spend more time developing your questions in areas that, you know, obviously are not just for information, but they are for decisions. So, and then in that process, you know, even on a PDF, you can use highlighter to, um, to kind of get the key points and you're going to develop questions that are, um, that are along the lines of making sure something is, has got that sort of successful um, potential and 
from start to finish in terms of, you know, does, do the finances look right? Like you're, you're, do the, um, does the, does the stakeholder consultation, whatever that is, has it, does it line up with kind of what the management is recommending or what the committee is recommending? There's so many dimensions and you're really testing your own, um, that logic path, but also your own gut and intuition as to where, where should the questions be here? Sometimes, of course, it's related to risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and somebody who's relatively new to, to board governance and that person being myself, I'm imagining a first time board director or somebody who's just joined a board for the, you know, an already established board for the first time. Uh, and I've heard numbers anywhere between one to, th- to three years before a board director is fully proficient within the organization, which seems like a long grace period. Um, it, you mentioned that some people may be reluctant to, to ask questions. Um, is, that, is that true of newer directors or is that something that extends beyond experience? Um, or is it just a, a personality trait or a professional trait that uh, people should and, and could overcome? Oh, that's a good question because... Um... You know why do why don't people ask questions in meetings? Like, in, I've used to do a lot of board evaluations, and what would come back um, was that there were a lot of there was a few active people in the board who would ask questions and engage, and then there was a you know always almost a small cohort of people who almost never said anything, and they might be new or they might be long-standing board members. And when when there was a director um, feedback process, you know, those individuals would get coached around how to ask questions and like that they should be sort of speaking up. So what are the reasons why not? There's some really common ones and you'll identify, your listeners will identify these right away. One is the fear of asking a dumb question. You know, they don't want to be, um, they don't want to be um, sounding like they don't, they're not um, knowledgeable about the organization. And um, they also sometimes, and this is a fair point, that they're listening to a conversation or to a discussion that they know has had a long history on the board. And so this is the you know 10th time that the board has talked about it. You're new, you walk in, it will be a dumb question for you. Um, but it, it, you, you kind of know that there's a history there and it still is often worth asking, you know, just kind of, can someone just kind of give me a briefing as to um, my, my puzzlement is this XXX that's, you know, certainly, a board member has the right to ask a question to kind of get up to speed. But also, of course, that flags that maybe they can afterwards go to somebody and say, can you give me the background on this? There seems to be a lot of. So the fear of asking a dumb question is, is really number one. Um, but sometimes um, it's that they don't feel prepared enough. And that goes back to reading the materials and thinking through. And, and one of the things that we do in our um, working and orienting board members is have them understand that the altitude that they are flying in and that the oversight role they have is really to um, make sure that the best thinking has been applied to whatever that challenge or plan is and that that, that is um, something that they can be mindful of, like they're thinking, as I talked about earlier, the sturdiness, you know, the robustness of the plans. That's so, so there's preparation they can do to make sure that they kind of are 
offering value that way. Some boards, though, don't. And here's another reason. Sometimes boards don't always have a culture of debate or they don't have enough time on the agenda for the item. And so it's kind of rushed through or or it, it it's just so taken for granted that everything is, dare I say, rubber stamped. But they need, you know, there needs to be a slowdown. And here's where, and, you know, we'll talk in this session, I'm sure, about sort of tone and how you ask questions. But here's where a new member can can um, ask that, you know, something, you know, just to, if if to slow down and just get the information they need and or to ask that, you know, can can this be uh, something that we can we you know we can talk about later? I can learn about later because, you know, sometimes they just feel like it's there's not enough time. And uh, and then the final one or the one that I'd like to highlight is not wanting others to feel uncomfortable. So even like if it's another if it's a committee chair or if it's the CEO or or the chair of the board is that you don't ask questions because you don't want to put people on the spot. And that one, I think, is is a weak reason, because I think what you can do is you can phrase it and and ask questions in a way that is empowering and solution oriented and not at all putting people on the spot. But in fact, as I said, deepening the conversation. Yeah. And it's not surprising to me that, you know, despite, um, you know, the idea of radical candor being something that's a positive in the boardroom, it might not be yet part of the the board culture that's been established, like you mentioned. Um, I, I wonder what your, your, your take is on um, uh, the right way to ask a dumb question. I, I've, I've heard um, just in my professional experience, uh, people may ask a, a quote unquote dumb question, but it reveals so much about their line of thinking and what they're actually curious about and what they're trying to explore or the, the, the greater question that they're trying to answer. Uh, and maybe we get into this later, but um, is there a right way to ask a dumb question? <laughs> what I hope that isn't that people don't do is say, can I ask a dumb question? Mm-hmm. Because in some ways that trivializes what your, your contribution is and what you're trying to get at. Mm-hmm. So I would put it in the context of board responsibilities. So sometimes what I mean by that, and this is, there's, there's sort of these joiner pieces, right? You can, as you're asking a question, often you can put a phrase in front of it that kind of leads into it and makes your question then contextualized. So it might be something like, it might be what could feel like a dumb question, but you might say, you know, I understand the role of the board is, is for, you know, if, if for us to be mindful of XXX or to have, we have this responsibility and what's coming to mind for me is, you know, could, could you, um, could you explain how, whatever that question is. And we put it in the context of board responsibilities because that dumb question is probably not dumb at all, mm-hmm. but it might be, it's best nested within the context of board responsibilities. And it also is perfectly fine for you to say, um, I'm curious about, or I'm not sure, these are all softeners. I'm not sure that I understand yet, or could you provide more detail or, um, What's what's uh, what's of interest to me for you to provide more information is such and such, and those kinds of um, softeners are, are 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 they get people ready that you have a question and they um, they keep that flow, they keep that nice tone, and they also put on uh, you, you the responsibility of um, needing to understand something. You're not saying that they didn't explain something well. Um, or they did something that they're that they're not uh, adequate in terms of their presentation, but you're expressing a puzzlement. Mm-hmm. 
I, I love that uh, that idea of a, a preamble that, that typically kind of contextualizes the question and maybe even tying it back. If you are a new board director, hey, I was reading in the charter that our responsibility is X, Y, Z. How does this initiative or this process uh, connect to that? Um, so yeah, I love I love the the context there. Uh, this might actually get us into that. What I hope be the the next part of our conversation. Um, how to get the timing right. Um, when is the right way to ask questions? And, and it, are there different methods of asking questions? Does it have to be in person and debate? Uh, could it be written? When is, when is the timing right? To, and, and what channels should directors be thinking about to ask questions? That's a, that's a great question, Josh, because it also is part of that planning, right? That preparation. So if you are going to ask a question that's going to require information that's not on the table, it is a courtesy to let management know that you're you're very interested in this and you'll have a question about it. And if there's any information they want to bring to the table for uh, illuminating that question, it would be appreciated. So I, I think those sorts of good manners is a very good idea because we want if we don't want a gotcha environment. We don't want an environment where people feel like they're going to be pounced on because they didn't answer something um, in the materials. So that's number one. Two, uh, you don't want to uh, come and pepper with whole bunch. You have to just you have to think about what is the question I have about this. What is the most potent question I have about this? Most illuminating, the most important question I have about these materials. One of my mentors says, try to come to the meeting with three or four um, questions that you have in mind about the material. So, you know, what are those three or four across the board meeting um, agenda? And then so you have them in mind. And then when you are it really is, of course, vis-a-vis when the agenda item is on the table, um, when the the presentation often there's a presentation i sometimes lament that presentations are so long of things that are in the agenda but um following the presentation um you know often the people who have questions will step forward and you're one of them and you want to just keep you know to one question at a time and just pace it with others who might have curiosities and then you can come back to it uh, for your second question if they're Um, if there is space. um, And we will talk about sort of the how of asking questions, but the pacing is important. And it is, um, there's what's what I what I think is great about sort of very experienced board members, is that they have a, a beautiful tone and flow. So they're asking questions, they're placing them on the table in the meeting with a and, you know, kind of a conversational neutral elegance that says that just makes it part of, you know, what we do here. Um, and so they use those, you know, I have a, I have a curiosity about that. Um, you know, could, could you address da, 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 da. There's no drama, you know, there's no extra emotion. There's no opinion that it's not opinion laden, soaked with your own kind of feelings on it. Um, so those, that's part of also just, you know, flowing it into the meeting. And it's particularly important if you have a public audience, which some organizations do in the public sector. Absolutely. Um, I, I like that idea too, of, of kind of the, the conversational question. Do you find it, is it more productive? You mentioned, um, you know, if, if there's something missing in the board pack, uh, to make sure that you're, you're following up on that information ahead of time so it can be 
either updated or presented in the meeting. Um, is there is there an appropriate time? Is it you know after the meeting if you have a, a more detailed set of questions that weren't answered in the presentation or the the debate? Um, do you send an email or uh, do you ever find that the, the written question is is better than the the live action question in the board meeting itself? You're into a tricky area here because um, the board the board at the table is the board, right? And every director theoretically, has access to the same information and the right to the same information. So as much as possible, you want to have the discussion and the questions answered in the boardroom where all can hear. Um, It can be, um, I was going to say the word annoying, but it's not always appropriate that you come back with lots of questions following, especially if a decision has been made. If if you do feel like at the end of an item that you have additional questions, then it is appropriate to flag it at the time and say, um, and to kind of note what those topics are and to have, and almost like ask permission from the chair, from the board, from the, those gathered to just pursue it offline. Because that way there's a visibility to it. There's a transparency to it. There's also the ability for the chair to say, especially if you were uh, more explicit, say I'm very interested in particular about how this particularly affects. And I'd like to, you know, if I could, if not here, I'd like to talk about that offline with the CEO. Then the, the chair and the CEO have the ability to immediately kind of say, well, why don't we address it now? Or that they are, they've got the appropriate heads up. It has to do with this ethos that the, the board is, uh, is a decision-making mind at the table, and it and and having you know splinter conversations where you're going off and getting information that the rest of the board doesn't have, especially if it, if it's uh, in some area of concern to you, has the potential to kind of have that negative feedback on these both the solidarity of the board and the um, and the uh, trust in the in the in the board from the CEO that, you know, things are dealt with at the board and they are finished at the board in a proper way. Literally above board. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have a bit tough love on that because of the creep that can happen where board members kind of think that they have entree into a whole type of information that others might not. And in some ways they do, but it has to be a visible and it has to be kind of something that the board is aware of and the chair certainly. Yeah, I, I really like that you use the word solidarity because that, that unified front of, of the board of directors all working towards a, a common goal, um, just really something about that rings true to me. The other uh, question or idea that, that popped in my head as you were speaking was, um, when is the, the, the time not to ask questions, right? Uh, the, by design, a board meeting is the, the most uh, resource uh, precious in terms of time amongst your organization, your most senior leaders, your, your most senior executives, uh, trying to make some some very rational decisions, important decisions in a very limited amount of time, even though board meetings can run long. Um, is there a, a time to hold your tongue uh, or just to be very selective about the questions you do ask? That's a good one, Josh, because that's what happens in a meeting, right? Like you have you have this flow and you have these conversations and others are asking questions and you've got one that you have, but is it... Is it germane? Is it important? You know, will it, does it merit the time? Um, That's a judgment call. And every director has to make that. 
um, there, it's almost easier to say when you absolutely have to ask a question, when you feel like there's, there's uh, a board responsibility vis-a-vis, you know, risk or financial oversight or, or um, something important where you feel I must, but there's a, there's a whole realm of curiosity type questions that you certainly don't need to ask if it's just curiosity about something. Um, but that kind of self-regulation is part of a good board member. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you mentioned that there's, there's, there's um, in your chapter in the second edition of the Handbook of uh, Board Governance, and I, again, I love that it's titled The Art of Asking Questions because there's good art and there's bad art. Um, and I forget what the quote is, but you, you know the difference when you see it. Um, you mentioned four specific times that um, it's important to ask questions. And the first one is when exercising diligence and standard of duty and care. And I, I believe we've covered that with, uh, you know, is there something that's a risk factor that we haven't considered as a red flag that nobody's brought up yet. Um, overseeing strategy and performance. I think that's a really important one. And, and you mentioned earlier that people may be reluctant to call out onto the carpet, um, uh, maybe a, a manager or an executive who is underperformed or their, their, their team or their department is underperformed. Um, how do you couch the question uh, around performance? Is there a, a way to do that in a way that's candid, but not, um, attacking, I guess, or, or offensive. <laughs> in the boardroom, the most helpful constructive attitude is, is a we, you know, so there's no calling on the carpet of anyone, unless you are really deliberately doing it in some kind of audit sort of disciplinary way. It really is, you know, we're all trying to make progress towards this strategy there's some ways in which there are some challenges. So, you know, one of the things I talk about in that chapter in the second edition and then the upcoming third edition is that um, you're on the same side. The attitude is shoulder to shoulder. You're on the same side of the table around trying to move everything forward. So there is a, um, there's a, a lovely intent really to empower and to learn from and to help um, management and everyone be the best they can be. And it, it, it gets infused into the way you ask questions. So it's, if you're looking at a scorecard, for example, you're saying, you know, are, you know, are there reasons why we are, we are not, you know, performing to the level of the expectation at this point in the year is what are we learning about sort of the validity of our targets? What is, you know, what can, is there a need for adjustment of our strategy? So you can see that that those are questions that are very constructive for management to respond to. If, if there's any kind of you language, then it becomes where the person is now, whoever that is, the CEO, they are now uh, in a defensive mode because they feel like they're, they are being called on the carpet. So that, you know, the art of asking effective questions is about getting at the issue, but being soft on the people, mm-hmm. you know, hard on the issue, soft on the people. It's an, it's an old negotiating um, principle and it's similar here. So we are, we are really concerned about whatever that red flag is, but we are doing so in a way that ensures that the maximum resources of management and the best thinking of the board are on that topic and not in some kind of interpersonal power thing that could, you know, that doesn't, doesn't address the issue and is not productive ultimately. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. Respecting the, the time and, and the productivity that's required of a, of a board meeting. Um, 
One of the other uh, issues that you bring up and, and when it's right time to ask questions is, is when facing critical issues. Uh, and I'm curious, do you typically find that those are acute critical issues? Um, like, uh, for example, you know, the pandemic of the last two or three years, or is that more of a strategic critical issue? Hey, we, we fell short of our funding goal or, um, you know, the, uh, the construction project permit was pulled. Um, what kind of uh, critical issues typically generate the, the questions or the, the most salient questions do you find? So when a critical issue happens, and that would be when it's defined as a critical issue. So everybody says, oh, my gosh, this is a problem then the board is usually mobilized to be aware of it, certainly. And with social media and things now, things can move so quick. So the board has to kind of immediately convene. And, and what one is doing at that time is, you know, there's a little, sometimes there's like a bit of crisis management. There's a bit of, you know, let's adapt our strategy. I mean, just think of the pandemic and all the strategies that got adapted at that time. You know, they were, we had to be very agile. Um, and there is a, um, there's again, that sort of facing things together and asking the right questions, making sure that management has the flexibility to respond, but also the parameters that, um, that need to be established around what a good response looks like and what, what, so there has to, so that sort of, mm, it's like a, um, it's like creating a container for action where everybody knows there's a critical issue. We need a strategy for it. Um, there has to be, you know, some give and take through this period around priorities or resources or whatever it is. Um, and we're all wanting to get through it together. So that critical issues can be, you know, big, big funding uh, crunches for whatever reason, business continuity issues, you know, it could be um, uh, the loss of a major customer or client. It could be, um, it could be employee uh, or some kind of union unrest and, you know, suddenly whatever. But mm -hmm. it, it's when the board coalesces together with management and, and says, let's, let's huddle and make sure that we handle this in a way that is, that is um, right and fair and resource efficient and, and, and gives us legs and learning for the long term from this. And so there's, you know, there's the the board the board member who is a good questioner in that and a steady hand is invaluable. You know, so that they pull out some of the right things like what should we're just responding, but what should be our goals in this? What can we learn from this? Is there anything that maybe is on the periphery of this that we need to pay attention to? The other thing I was thinking, Josh, was. And maybe this goes into the next one that I know you're going to uh, move to is that things sometimes can have weak and strong signals, right? So sometimes like a critical issue is a strong signal, but also there may be things in that issue that um, the board says, you know, while it looks like it's about this, it may be related to, they connect dots differently, right? Mm -hmm. They have a larger view. So this is a, a critical role of the board is just to slow down and in a critical issue is know that there is um, there has to be a conscious working through together of what how to land things on their feet in a way that is thought through fair and resilient. Yeah. 
Um, it reminds me of, of something our, our co-founder at Onboard says, Perunchata, um, the board is the, the triage room for the organization mm-hmm. for the issues it faces. So I, I love that idea of just that, you know, you have to assign a value to it. You have to assign a priority to it and you have to do so together. And I, I, I love what you bring up as well of, you know, uh, if you consider the board or the performance metrics, a dashboard, there's green lights, there's red lights, but sometimes there's a yellow blinking light. That might be a, a metric that's been um, declining for some time. It's not critical yet, but uh, it could be uh, critical in the future. Um, and then we talked about this a little bit in the green room before the the, the actual uh, uh, recording today. But scanning externalities is is the next time you said you talk about uh, asking kind of the critical questions and getting the timing right. And we mentioned one that's that's kind of near and dear or, or very top of mind right now is. Is AI is AI a good example of how boards should be scanning for externalities? Yeah, that's a very good one, and it's it's on just about every board's agenda, right? How do we? Mm-hmm. What is what is our use today of AI? You know, how do we know how our employees are deploying it? Are they are they um, using uh, company or organizational information uh, into other AI systems that are more publicly available? There's all kinds of questions, right? So for sure. Um, so this is the the wonderful thing about a board is that and board members is that they're what I call boundary spanners. They're they're on the inside enough to have a view of the organization, a beautiful balcony view. There's a view of the organization no other group in the in the organization has, um, with the exception of management. And but they're also they are at the boundary and they are connected to different communities and to different. Uh, sectors and to different trends and to different um, different fields of interest, and this means that they have they can bring into the they can do scanning for the organization that um, is beyond what those who are heads down on the uh, looking at the desk and the organizational own business they can bring into the boardroom something that may be um, <clears throat> a weak signal, excuse me, <clears throat> or um, or a trend that's happening in a related field mm-hmm. that actually is, is on its way. It's like, oh, they hear the train whistle and they bring it in. And this is a very valuable role. And it, it can be, and the reason why it's in the questions chapter is because there should be a time um, on a board agenda on a regular basis where, and I just was you know, just last week talking to a group about this, um, this method, say at the beginning of a meeting um, in because things are so fast changing is where you'd, you'd, the, the chair would say, is there anything that people have heard or would like to put on the table as a development or news that might affect us today or in the future as just sort of to flag or note um, a development or an event um, or an item that might have you know, a weak signal today, but maybe is something we should look at. Does anybody have anything that's like that? And a, in a particular group, I know one of the best um, organizations functioning, um, in my experience, they used to start off their, their board meetings like that. And it wasn't a long item because it wasn't like people were trying to generate things. But what it did was to, was to surface events that might be in another related network organization that will have impact or that people were in a conversation um, with 
you know, a ministry or some, you know, could be a regulator, whatever. And they, they say, this was, this is apparently being talked about in these circles and it may affect us. And this is a very valuable role for the board. And if there, if there is a more robust discussion, so let's say, so that's kind of the scan, but if there is a robust discussion on strategic issues, what is super helpful then for the staff and the CEO is to kind of have a read on how the board feels about it. So that those, those questions and those um, flags can lead to the management sort of saying, okay, you know, I think the board's seen this is important. It's, it's on the horizon. We're not going to lose sight of it. I'm in fact, they will sometimes on at that very meeting, they will say, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put a watch on that one. We'll just kind of look into it. Thank you. Right. This is, this is fabulous from a board, you know, value perspective. Yeah. And to, to add to that, obviously the, the duty of care in, in terms of implicit board director duties is, to be able to connect the dots in a holistic yeah. way, maybe unconnected dots. And um, just from our own research, we know that um, on board, uh, that the average board director serves on 2.1 boards. And those boards may be independent of sector or industry or organization type, but there's always some information that can kind of cross over um, from those those diverse experiences. So if there's a, a you know somebody who's on a banking board, but they hear about this new disruptive technology on a tech board, um, that crossover can really make some some powerful um, powerful insights. Indeed, um, and, I, and I will just footnote that because it, it's proper of me to do so as a governance person, is that in that crossover, one would always be mindful of what is you know what is uh, what should stay in that boardroom and what can you know what is more general and and of common knowledge and can be um, yeah can be shared elsewhere. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to get into some of the the, uh, the very kind of practical things that you recommend in, in the art of asking questions as a board director. Um, and one of these are some of these we've already covered a little bit, but the, you have a kind of a, a four part process on how to ask questions. Um, and I love that it starts with respect the process and pace. And we talked about this a little bit of, you know, time is very valuable in a board meeting. There's a lot of uh, uh, material to cover. Directors may have questions themselves. Uh, there may be a lot of directors, there may be few, but uh, obviously you have a finite amount of time uh, and you don't want to ask too many questions to waste that time. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how that, that respectful process is? Is it is it a byproduct of the, the governance um, setup or a committee setup, or is it um, just kind of the, the, the intuitive um, director um, instinct? Um, much comes to the board from committees, right? Like it would have already been discussed in committees. So mm-hmm. uh, part of respecting the process is respecting the committee work um, and not redoing it. <laughs> this is this is a complaint sometimes that committees have that they bring something to the board and you know in a in a less mature board they are going to um, sometimes they revisit the whole thing or kind of redecide it. Um, so there's when in the respecting the process there's what has been the work that has been done on this and, 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 ha- and assessing the quality of that. And a chair of a committee uh, does the board a service when they come to the board and say, we had a discussion on such and such, this item. Um, the kinds of things that we looked at and we talked about were, 
you know, this and this and this, and they give kind of a topic list. Um, one of the one of the key areas that we explored with management was a concern for us being able to XXX and management assured us that there was um, there was good plans for that. So we were satisfied in that regard and like the, giving a little bit of a briefing, right? So that so that the person who might have come to the meeting with questions on exactly those issues kind of knows that it was it was addressed. So I think that's part of it. The other is um, is just that timing and um, and and making sure that your intervention is a um, is is a properly placed one. There's there's a part of me that's wanting to do a bit of a segue to say what I what I don't want to suggest is that the goal of a board meeting is to have it be so serene and so untroubled that you that there is not you know that kind of really facing the issues and there the pacing and the process at times you you might say i mean sometimes you might think you know this is going to be tough but i actually have to put it on the table and it's it's going to be a bit disruptive but i am going to do it in as gentle and as compassionate and constructive a way as possible but i am going to ask the hard question at this meeting and we don't particularly have tons of time for it, but I feel the need to put it out there. And that would be, you know, if you are acting in your independent point of view, you think that there's a real issue that the board needs to address. It is your responsibility to put it on the table. Mm -hmm. So, so as we, as we try to create this beautiful flow and serenity and staying within the lines, I, I would not want listeners to, believe that it is about conforming. It is about instead um, making sure the organization is addressing things and, and in a way that's constructive and um, is able to be processed. Mm -hmm. Almost a kind of a balancing the, the candor uh, that's required with the, the process there. Uh, the, the other uh, just thought I had as you were, you were mentioning, especially the, the committee reports, uh, there's the whole flip side, which is probably another podcast, another chapter of the art of anticipating questions uh, and answering those in advance. And I think that's probably a, a, the, the hallmark of a great director as well, to be able to anticipate the questions that may come. So um, two other things about how to ask questions. You already mentioned it. Uh, be, be neutral and, and maintain rapport. Be polite. Uh, contextualize your answers. Uh, be solution minded and empowering the using the, the we instead of you or, or, or that type of thing. Um, sharpening focus uh, is is the fourth uh, uh, factor there, um, and I, I think I, I flicked at this a little bit when I said you know that's kind of double clicking into a um, a line of thinking or a line of questioning. What are what are the ways that you have uh, coached uh, board directors to to sharpen their focus or sharpen the focus of their questions? Assuming that they've prepared, so that would be important. Um, it is about what are you actually asking. And can you phrase it in a way that truly gets at that? And let me give you an example. So sometimes people do the, what is it? Ready, fire, aim, right? They start talking before they really have, you know, they're kind of formulating their question, but they kind of are putting it into a, um, a preamble, a prelude, but they don't kind of get to the point. And that's very annoying for people um, to hear often, right? Is they want, to, if there's a question, let's hear it. So you want to you want to have that um, phrased well. And the example that I want to give is um, if I am curious 
I mean, now I'm I'm not a, I'm not a experienced board member, and something happened. I might say, "What happened? Like what what took place? What happened? What happened there?" And this is the time where the CEO might you know sit back and say, "Now I can tell a story." So I'm going to talk about well, second the supplier it was very late, and, and we were unable to, and then we had some short staff. We were were not able to meet that deadline. You see, I now hear a story. That is, that is not always the best use of time. That particular question had no focus. It was just what happened. A board member is always wanting to face forward and to put in place that which, you know, so things don't happen again, things can be successful going forward. So, or they want assurance. So a better question would be, and this is a more focused question would be in such a circumstance to say, don't worry about sort of what happened, but given given what took place are we you know are we confident that we have put in place the steps to make sure that it does not happen again mm-hmm. that's a nice clear yes or no and then it could be you know if you wanted further assurance you could you um, describe a, an example of what has been done that you believe will satisfy us for the future that it will not occur so that kind of clarity of your question as to what are you asking for? Are you asking for assurance that something has been learned from or taken care of? Um, you're certainly not asking for stories. Those are not helpful. They just take up time. Even if they're interesting, it's not the best use of time. And <clears throat> in facing forward, um, as such a question will be, that's the role of a board is to ensure that the organization is learning the organization is capable of, of moving forward in a way that absorbs that learning that has the capacity to do so. And that's, and once, once you know that, then you're in good shape. Yeah. Almost every question should almost act as a building block to, to improve performance. Um, so we'll wrap up here. In, in, I think this is uh, one of probably my, my favorite parts of your chapter is what are those, those red or orange flags uh, so perhaps somebody's giving a presentation or they're answering another question. What are those prompts that should make an experienced director's ears uh, perk up uh, that a follow-up question or a, a, a well-suited question is necessary um, so you can get clear answers? What are, what are some of those just hallmarks of that was a little bit fuzzy or we need to know more about that? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question, Josh, because it goes back to what we talked about earlier is listening. Like the, the key to asking good questions is good listening as well. So when you are listening, you are listening as to whether there is um, the, the information is complete, that it's not anecdotal, you know, ideally that there's evidence behind the thinking, that, um, that there's not a uh, responsibility being ducked or, you know, being given in, to another organization or actor in the setting that is more appropriately management or the, or even the boards itself, that there is not fuzzy language where you know using always or like the you know community or the stakeholders are completely behind this, you know something that is over the top in terms of confidence, um, or which indicates um, that you you just have a sense that not all information is being put on the table. Um, and it's just by the nature of the words that are used that there's a sense that, um, like if I said something like, <clears throat> well, 
you know, we did, we did do a survey of our customers and um, the, there was, there was the general agreement to proceed, you know, based on those results that they were positive. And, and there's something like that probably isn't the best example, but it would be that you would say general agreement. So what was that? What was the actual percentage? Like what did, what was that threshold that went over uh, such that you feel like there's, there's that kind of support from, you know, towards this direction from our stakeholders or from our customers. So sometimes you're looking for, ensuring that it's it's a robust proposal and that there has been that kind of rigor it's not that you're trying again to catch them out or anything it's more the satisfaction that the board should have that things you know things are um, well founded and that when these things when the actual project or plan is executed that um, that's got the best chance for success mm-hmm I'm thinking of, of uh, trigger words like, oh, it's a guaranteed win-win. Uh, we can't lose those types of things. Yeah, that would be over the top for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned a couple other things, missing info data. If the, you know, the, the, the data doesn't support the, the outcome that you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the, the long-winded answers or, or storytelling instead of an answer. Um, the one that I, I was drawn most to was, was stonewalling. I'm curious, and I'm sure most of our experienced uh, listeners can can give an example of stonewalling. But what is what is the uh, the solution in terms of uh, asking a question when when somebody is stonewalling you? Ooh, okay, that is a good one because stonewalling can also be um, throwing you off the trail. So, what can happen at times with, and this this happens in some lots of not for profit boards, is where the management might say that's a management matter. You know, that is not yours, you know, and they'll really draw a line. And sometimes that is, it is appropriate, but lots, lots of times it is okay for boards to ask if it's in the context of their responsibilities and, you know, they have a concern and, and, you know, it's always, you don't want to get a stop sign from the board member, from the, from the CEO or from um, the executive director the chair might step in and say, indeed, you know, indeed, George, that is a, that is probably for management. However, you know, you might, you might feel like it is actually, you know, something that you are concerned with. And the, the way to do the softener there is to, is to say in the context of the responsibility of the board to just make sure that we are handling all aspects of risk. And what I'm thinking of here in particular, I guess, is the human resources risk of, is you know can you can you provide a bit more information about sort of this employee handling or this issue that can satisfy the board that we are um, you know we are managing that human resources risk well now you've taken it up a level right so that works now if the person is you know absolutely um, stonewalling then sometimes you just need to give more time and it would be you where because you don't want to have an out and out conflict at the meeting it would be more that you would say. I believe I'm getting the uh, the impression it's probably not the right time to ask this, but I'd like to come back to this and maybe um, maybe the CEO can give some thought um, around that question and I can pick it up, Chair, if that's fine, you know, later on um, or after, you know, after lunch or whatever. So not backing down too soon, but making sure that you're on good ground as well, because, you know, there's there is. It is annoying for people to, you know, start to do management's job. However, um, there are times when it is it is you, you are asking a question that um, 
that does ask for management type information and, and validation. Mm-hmm. I, and that that seems to all go back to what you were saying before that it's you know it's it's a respectful um, kind of polite you know hey this is part of my oversight role or this is my 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 job as a director is to ask these questions so I, I love that uh, Lynn thank you so much for all your all your uh, great insights here and I, again I, I love this chapter I'm really looking forward to the upcoming third edition of the Handbook of Board Governance uh, that's how I know that I'm. Uh, a, a full 100% board governance geek when I'm looking forward to <laughs> textbook chapters. Um, but it really is good, great information, I think, for any director, whether they're new or, or experienced, just to, to reconsider the art of, of the interrogative. Um, my final question for you, uh, this is a question that we ask all of our guests, uh, how did you get your first board seat and, and what was that seat or that role? I got my first board seat um, years and years and years ago, um, as a representative of another organization sitting on an umbrella group. And I just brought up the other day that they, I guess they thought, you know, many, many, many years ago that I had some potential because I was reading a report that I actually was sent. It was an international type organization. I was sent to Paris to a, um, to a UN conference um, that was the 10th anniversary of the development forum or something. And I was reading it and I was thinking, that is amazing. You know, like years ago, my first experience was um, in this international development organization. And I actually had, you know, this overseas, my, my eyes open to sort of this international, um, international thing. So that's how, that's how I, I got on there. And that's what I did it, one of the things how, I how could you not fall in love with board governance if your first uh, was in Paris? <laughs> Can I say one more thing, Josh? Just absolutely. To is I think one of the reasons, I mean, we've talked about it sort of technically, but one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about this topic is that I think that we are at a time where board members cannot be sleepy, that they cannot be complacent, that uh, we're at a, a, you know, there's a huge sea change happening. And the normality is kind of gone and we are we are now in some other zone of having to adapt to what will be very big you know sea change of of circumstances and it is easy to kind of float thinking that it might not you know happen here but i think the more that we can make sure that conversations at the board are are meaningful and and driven by the right questions and that we have candid good conversations the more the more agile and flexible and and resilient that board is and hence you know the organization so this is a as you called it at the beginning a soft skill but it's going to be an absolutely necessary one because stiff boards that are too formal that are too their culture doesn't ask questions are you know are not going to be uh, successful in the long term yeah, and I would agree. And just uh, in in feedback or response, the 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 number of or the frequency of disruptions to organizations seems to be increasing every year. Whether that's a a pandemic or uh, economies and recessions or you know global conflicts, yeah, I, I would agree with you that lines of questioning and, and the art of the interrogative, as I would like, certainly probably aids or supports the board's plasticity in, in decision-making and being able to, as you say, remain agile and, and respond to those things in a, in a more meaningful way. 
well put. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about it with this. Well, thank you for joining us. I, I'm, I'm uh, just, I'm, I'm tickled that, that we were able to have this conversation. So, so thank you so much. Thank you.